Today's guest is Jim Ion. Jim has over 20 years of industry experience. He's focused on asset management, financial planning, and protection planning strategies. He was also a co-host of Connecticut's number one financial talk show, Smart Money Radio, for over eight years. Jim is here to discuss his journey from a young financial professional to one of Barnum's top performers. We'll touch upon his current work and discuss his personal insights about our industry. I'm Paul Blanco, and this is Small Steps, Big Wins. Welcome to the show, Jim. I'm so happy to have you here. I mean, listen, I want to get into your early part of like how you got into the business and stuff, but you know, it's a super proud moment for me to have you on the show and to uh, just watch the growth of your career. And when we go into some things, but you know, you were one of the few guys that ducked me for a while before uh, I was able to get you <laughs> to, uh, you know, come to Barnum, but you know, why don't you start from the beginning of how you got into this industry and kind of why you got in? Tell us about that. Yeah. Well, listen, Paul, uh, appreciate you having me on the show and excited to spend some time with you uh, this morning. Uh, yeah. You know, when I look at my journey uh, into the industry, like anybody, uh, spent some time at a school out in Ohio, right? Had a, a great experience out there and exited college with uh, some thoughts and ideas on sort of what I wanted to to do with my my life, but um, you know, didn't have a probably a clear vision on what direction I I was I was going to go. So had an opportunity to step into an entrepreneurial position right out of school, running a small business, which you know was a great experience. You know, being 22 years old and really having the full reins of running a small business, running everything from operations to human resources, hiring, firing. Um, you know, I learned a lot, right? But uh, wasn't something that it was a uh, uh, I would I was going to do long term. So at about 25 years old, uh, had to really figure out what my career was going to be, not just a job, but what my career was going to be. So I stepped into a uh, the interview process with which is now Ameriprise, right? And I don't know, Paul, you know the drill, those old group interviews, right, where there's probably 30 people yep. in the room and they, you know, tell us all the fantastic opportunities that can come along with this industry. And, you know, I got hooked pretty quick. You know, I, I looked at this as an industry that was entrepreneurial, allowed us the flexibility and freedom to to grow a business without a tremendous amount of personal risk, right? And I think being involved in a small business where there was risk, right? You know, somebody was taking out debt to, to grow that business. For me, it was really the time and the effort that needed to be invested to get this thing off the ground. So, um, so I hooked up with them and I, and I started with Ameriprise, uh, and you know, that was a great experience, good training, met some good people, but my path took me in a, in a, in another direction. I stepped into leadership and move to another uh, organization. And then I'm sure we're going to talk a little bit more about some of the, the details of, of my path, but eventually wound up, you know, with you, Paul, which, uh, which is where things have really taken off. Yeah. You know, and, and guys, when I think about this, we talk a lot about coming into this business as an advisor, but then moving to that business owner and then to the entrepreneur. And I think, you know, 
you were very fortunate, maybe not intentionally doing it, but you got that entrepreneurial experience yeah. and you understood that. And, you know, I could think about my journey and it was just two seconds on it, but I wanted to be an entrepreneur, but I had no capital. And like you yeah. just said, it was like five grand. I needed a car. So that was like three of the right, five. Right. But, you know, today would have been different. I would have saved like two grand on clothing because it's a little more casual today. <laughs> But back right. then, you know, getting suits and and all that good stuff. So that's really that's really amazing. I mean, I, I, I made that tied some good stuff together to me. So, you know, you come in at 25, though, and, you know, even when you're in your early late 20s and early 30s, was there some challenges or obstacles that you, you know, you encountered either mentally or just, you know, just in the process of growing this business? Yeah. Yeah, there, there certainly was. I think like a lot of people, um, you know, the time that really needed to be invested in order to grow a great business requires great patience. And maybe that was something that, you know, I didn't have as much as I you know, should have been in my late 20s. I mean, I think that's something we all need to learn. I continue to learn to be more patient. I think patience, you know, provides us the time to think thoroughly about the decisions that we make, uh, both professionally and, and, and personally. And so early on, you know, I, I wanted to have success and I wanted it quickly, right? And uh, I got it pretty quickly. But like everybody, it required uh, tremendous effort. You had to cast off discouragement because there's a fair amount of rejection, uh, specifically early on in the way you, you know, build your practice and, and market much more globally. And you have to have the mental toughness to really push through that. And, and as we all know, I mean, we provide such a great service and tremendous value to the people that uh, we serve. And so for those that choose not to take on, you know, our, our services and build a relationship with us, you have to just understand that that's okay. And that uh, you just keep trudging along and stick to your guns. So I think just uh, certainly being patient, casting off discouragement and having the mental strength to see the forest through the trees and know that there's, you know, tremendous uh, opportunity to do great work uh, if you just invest the time. Yeah. It's interesting. As you're talking about the patience and the rejection, I'm thinking about uh, in 1991, I went to a workshop and his name was Howard Wright. And he wrote a book called red letter language. You probably got one when you first started here, this little tiny book. And uh, his language was incredible, but he, he asked in the audience, you know, does anyone have a dog? And all these people raise their hand and what's the dog do when the doorbell rings? And he says, everyone's like, he runs to the door and he says, is it ever for him? (laughs) And the answer was no. So, and that was about rejection. Right. And I think that, uh, you know, when you think about the, the work that you just said that we do, and, you know, not only do we help clients in, you know, protect themselves, if things happen prematurely, but also we help them to retire and have the lifestyle that they want. So I think that, you know, for the listeners here, any point of your career, or if you're thinking about going into this career, there's very few professions that do that. And I think that will also give you the strength to move forward 
when you're getting a little bit of that rejection. So I, I really appreciate that you sharing that. You had a couple of different things that happen in your career. And I want to kind of dig in on one of the things you said earlier. You went into leadership pretty quickly in your career. And when you and I met, we talked about this, you know, sort of new role that we were creating and building around you of being this player coach, right? But you had some leadership skills already. You obviously understood the business and, you know, Talk a little about that, but where I really want to go with this is when you think about where you are today as a team, I think that entrepreneurial flair that you had early on in your career and then being a leader had a lot to do with where your practice is today. So kind of take us a little through that journey as a leader and how it and how, yeah, it, ended absolutely. Up, how it ended up where it is now. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, that, that's great. Yeah. You know, you've got to find your passion in this industry, right? So you find the industry and that's great. But then um, where, do you, where do you see yourself? There's so many different roles and opportunities within our industry and certainly, you know, within our firm. And so having uh, experience as an advisor, having experience uh, as a leader, uh, being in sales management with, with another firm, when I transitioned here, you know, I, I really wanted both. And thankfully, you know, you were able to support that vision. Um, but what that looked like for me was really helping build out one of our satellite offices. You know, you think about the, the, the um, footprint of, uh, of Barnum and the expansion that we've seen over the years. I mean, we're going back now almost 20 years and, and that expansion was really for starting. And so I had an opportunity to come on board, um, help support a small office that had, oh, eight or nine people in it. And we really wanted to, you know, build that thing out. So those leadership responsibilities included recruiting, but really feed on the street support, which I think is so critical for a young advisor's success. Somebody that's going to help them in the field, help them with case design, help them in their early career development. So I did that, right? And we built that office, I think at its peak was about, you know, 25 advisors. So I'm really, you know, still really, really proud of that. And you know, got to a point where, you know, it was, it was big enough that a decision needed to be made. Was somebody going to be a full-time leader or was somebody going to just build their practice? And you know, that's when I made the decision, we made the decision together that uh, moving in the direction of building a practice was was where my skill set was and where my passion was. Yeah. And, and you know, when you talked about doing the, you know, feet on the street and doing some of that joint work, I don't know about you, but I know, you know, I kind of did a similar thing to you. But one of the things I, that really helped me on that, and I, I'm curious if it worked with you, was I couldn't bastardize any of the the process in the field because when I was on my own, sometimes I, you know, I had my own little flair to it. But when I was teaching, yeah. I had a teacher more transparent skill. Did that help you early career? Or did you feel the same way when you were when you were going out with one of your young advisors, or did you 100%. always stick to your process? Yeah, no, hundred percent. I mean, I, I've been, you know, fairly process driven, uh, you know, since day one, but you're exactly right. You can't cheat, 
right? And what we find in this industry, especially for folks that are early career, they should be very scripted. Their development should go at a certain pace and and in a certain direction. Their deliverable should be the same as they continue to grow and and get better at their craft. And so it, it helped me be better at my craft because it ensured that I would be disciplined. And, and I think that that uh, absolutely me and the so, folks that I coached. Yeah. And Jim was there through this journey, like, you know, you make, you make your move, you decide at 25, this is my career. And, you know, fast forward, you're like 28, 29 now, and you're doing this player yeah. coach role. Right. And oh yeah. <laughs> right. No, not now. <laughs> yes. No, I, won't, I won't tell your age today, but that was, was kind. There a, that was kind. Yeah. Was there a point that like it clicked or was that right? Did it click right when you were 25 and you went to that group seminar or was there a point where you're like, all right, this is my career. I know I'm going to get to whatever, you know, and I know that number and that growth trajectory always changes as the world changes. But was there a point like a turning point in your career where you're like, damn, I made the right decision and, and I'm full speed ahead. And I know I'm never looking back. Yeah. You know, for me, Paul, you know, that was probably when I found a home, right? I mean, in this industry, you see people that pop around and have spent time at a lot of different firms and, you know, listen, everybody has their own path. Uh, but early on for me, I think maybe it was maturity. Maybe it was that, I had some early success, but, you know, people wanted me and that felt good, right? You wanted, but that brought me from a firm that I was having a fair amount of success at to another firm to step into leadership and help develop an office down in in Fairfield County in in Connecticut. And uh, then that area of that company um, was going to be sold. And, um, I was really concerned about, uh, you know, popping in onto a third firm in, in a four year period of time. So, you know, that brought me, uh, or caused me to, to really move to another area of the, of the country to work for that same company, uh, but in a different area of the, of the, of the industry. So long story short, four years, doing a lot of different things, a lot of development, but I didn't figure it out yet, clearly. You know, I didn't figure out where my passion was and where I was going to have long-term success. And when I eventually came here to Barnum and wherever that may be for somebody, I found my home, right? I knew that I had the resources, the leadership, the support, the product mix. I knew that I could really build a business here. So my advice to anybody, as you think about, you know, this career and development, it's about culture and it's about the environment that you're in. You can find product and people and platforms, you know, everywhere. But once you find a home where uh, there's that level of support and you feel like personally you can grow your practice here, I think that's where it obviously clicked for me and, and yeah, that started to become quite significant. You know, that's uh, that's great to hear. And thank you. Um, it's interesting because when you don't have the home and, and I've never heard someone say it like that as that turning point. But 
I understand because you're not looking and you're not saying, oh, what what's here, what's there, and what's the fastest way. You just you have comfort in knowing that, hey, if I do what I do, I can get to my vision. So that's really awesome. So let's dig in a little bit. So you get out of this player coach role, you make a decision, you know, I, you know, in those meetings with you, I saw someone that could be, you know, a top producer in the whole industry and you're on that journey. And now, you know, you're in the top 1% of the whole industry, but, you know, I think not only did that give you a great education and leadership skills to build a team, but you found two of your partners through that process. And, you know, I think that building a business together with people, if it happens naturally versus forced, it's way better. And our industry has done a really bad job of, you know, let's, let's aggregate our stuff. So we get a payout and all that. And most of the times those does don't work in your case, you had a little bit of an advantage because you got to see these people on day-to-day basis. And then you made a decision to build a team. And that was really not popular that at that point it was starting to, but you were at the forefront of that. So why don't you give us a little color on why and, you know, what, what, what happened and and then a little bit of where it is today. Uh, you know, I embraced teaming day one. You're right. I mean, being in that uh, sales management leadership role, I, I had to pick a litter. You know, you talk about spending time with people belly to belly, you know, in the field and early career, you know, those very long days and, and uh, a lot of time uh, out on the road. I mean, the world has changed dramatically and we're much more efficient now in this uh, with, with, lever- with leveraging technology. But I built great relationships with uh, with advisors. And so when I was making that transition, it was very easy to identify a couple of the uh, folks that I just had great connection with. Because I'll start there. I mean, you need to you know, really trust each other, really have aligned visions, really have aligned work disciplines, because this is your work family. You spend tremendous amounts of time with them. And so early on, these you know two partners of mine, we, we uh, grew and developed a team. And um, I think teaming is, uh, is, is future of the industry. Obviously, many people have now adapted and adopted teaming but I hope to see more of it because you can't be all things to all people. And this can be a lonely business, right? When you're on an island on your own, you know, it can be lonely. And I think it, it dampens development. All right. Because you have to be super self-disciplined as a individual advisor to continue to grow, learn, you know, continue to get better. I mean, it works for plenty of people, but for me, uh, I really needed the support of working with, with others. I could help my own development, and I know it helped uh, their development. And when you look at the deliverable to the client, I mean, it's amazing. A client understands the depth that stands behind me. So if I work directly with an individual client, and 
say it, I'm in my early 50s, right? I have two partners that are, you know, 10 years younger than me by design. They know that there's continuity. And I think that's going to become even more important as I get older, you know, yeah. as I get older. I, and I, I agree. Yeah, I, call that the si- I call that the silent objection, right? They might not say it, yeah. but they're thinking yep. it. Sure. Yep. So it's, it's been a, it's been an awesome, awesome process. And, you know, we were doing some planning the other day and we looked at our growth and, you know, revenue has doubled in five years. AUM has tripled the opportunity to grow together and to leverage each other's uh, strengths is I think what's ensured all of our success, uh, you know, so far to date. Yeah. And, and at the time when you started, it was yourself, two advisors and one assistant and yeah. right. And today, what's the team look like today? Yes, yeah, so we have three partners. Uh, we have uh, two additional advisors uh, and we have a, uh, a staff of six. And so, so double uh, digits. You know, it's so. a really, yeah. And it's important. You know, we could certainly talk about it in more detail, but infrastructure, you know, if it's anything that I've learned uh, over the last, you know, 15 years, yeah, my partners are important. You know, these advisors that we work with are important. But your your folks in infrastructure roles uh, are, you know, have direct contact to your clients every single day. And uh, we're fortunate enough to have great infrastructure that, that really think like advisors. We want them to think entrepreneurial. So as you grow and, and develop, your people that are in direct sales are important. Uh, but those operational roles, I couldn't, I can't say enough how, how important those are. Well, and I think that your mindset as a business owner slash entrepreneur is you understood that pretty quickly. And that's why you've put the time into those people and retained the ones that you wanted to retain and grown them. And I think that many advisors, we always use the analogy of doctors, right? Well, we'll look yeah. at a doctor. A doctor goes to school, graduates with a quarter of a million dollars of debt, then opens up a storefront, gets two assistants and has no clients. Our industry, right. you know, I need a hundred clients. I have to be making X amount of money. And the ones that take that leap of faith, like you did, you know, they become that business owner pretty quickly. Maybe they never get to the entrepreneur, but they still are light years ahead of everybody else as a business owner. So I think that's amazing. And when you look at the continuity for your clients, they probably have better relationships sometimes with your people than they do with with you guys because they're talking to them so frequently, right? That's what we want. You know, we want them to be excited about talking to our folks in, in infrastructure roles. And, and it allows us to, to not that we don't want to talk to them, but we, we, yeah. we tend to have very busy structured days and you're a hundred percent right. They build these, these great relationships, which is part of the trust that we talked yep. about earlier that not only helps you uh, grow and take on clients, but retain happy clients, which yeah. is so important. So, you know, when I think back to your career and, you know, one of the things that I think is one of the hardest things in our industry is, you know, you could have all the skills, all the credentials, be great with clients. But if you don't see clients, obviously that's a major challenge. And you did a lot of different things. I kind of look at advisors practice as an asset allocation of using, you know, different methods to see people, you know, and, and build a book, right? 
But one of the things that you did very well at a very young age in this career was in, in a program that we have where we get in front of corporations, mostly Fortune 1000 or Fortune 5000. You were doing that at a pretty young age and still doing it today. And maybe you can share with me and, and the audience like what that's meant for you as a practitioner, but also for your team and your business, you know? Yeah, it's been incredible. And, you know, you talk about finding a home and, you know, one thing that I would say is critically important for anybody considering the career is what organization is going to help you with client acquisition? Because most of the time you're on your own, right? You're on your own. And if it's one thing that, you know, Barnum has always been super focused on and successful with is being a marketing firm, helping with, uh, with client acquisition. And for me, one of the biggest avenues, uh, opportunities that, that I've spent time on is what you're talking about, corporate education. And um, what's exciting about this is that, uh, listen, we have a staff, a team of people, uh, the firm does, that sole job is to help sell this process to large companies uh, around the country. And when I say this process, uh, these are a series of educational workshops, everything from the basics of financial planning to tax planning to retirement to Social Security to our full retirewise program, which takes them really through the soup uh, to nuts of, of financial planning. So that's done. Right. And then what I need to do uh, as an advisor is to be able to deliver value and education within those organizations. And we're good at that. Right. And so we're really committed to educating first Uh, the sales and the client acquisition will come and we give away a tremendous amount of free advice. And that's okay, right? I feel good about doing that. And the end result is we acquire a lot of clients. So if I'm teaching in that class and there might be 70 or 80 people in that workshop, most of the time we will give opportunities for those individuals to speak to us one-on-one. We're getting half the room to you know, ask for those individual interactions and some you know, we'll have just specific questions and some will really want to get another set of eyes on their planning to, you know, identify any weaknesses that might be there and help in those areas. And in doing those meetings, we acquire a, a tremendous number of clients. So it's fun. It's an enjoyable way of, uh, of coming to the market, Paul. And, uh, you know, I go to home every night, you know, feeling really good about the fact that we're helping people make really, really good decisions. And it's obviously helped with the trajectory of our business. Yeah. And, and you know, Jim, thank you for doing it, number one, because I think, you know, the one thing that clicked for me early career was the impact we make on other people's lives. Right. And that was what was most important to me. And you're probably impacting so many lives that you don't even realize, obviously your clients, but there's so many people that learn from you and maybe their dad's advisor was their advisor and they just went to him or her with an idea. And so I don't think we talk about that enough in this industry, but your education is just you're impacting so many other people and you should put your head down at night and uh, 
and feel really good about that. So, um, and today, you know, before you spent a lot of windshield time today, you know, over the last three years, you've been, you've been doing the bulk of that through using zoom or teams or something. And has that helped you as a, as a practitioner? Total game changer. Yeah. You know, you need to leverage technology and, you know, obviously uh, COVID really pushed all of us in this direction. And listen, I'm really glad I'm in the office every day. My staff is in the office every day, but you talk about that windshield time opportunities were presented to us in New York city, New Jersey, the Boston market, we would travel and that took time away from my business. That took time away from my, from my family. And so being able to do this through a platform like Zoom, one, we're touching more people. We're educating people you know, in every state across the country, and we're acquiring clients all over the country. We used to look at these virtual sessions that some companies would want to do and say, ooh, you know, these are lost leaders. We tend not to build rapport, you know, with people, and the opportunities tend not to be as significant as far as client acquisition. Well, it's a that was a mindset, right? So now that you're sort of forced into it, you realize, wow, one, yeah, you develop great relationships, you know, over a screen. It's it's okay. Uh, Sure, there's going to be some people that maybe don't want uh, to have a financial planning relationship where it's done that way. But I can tell you through practice, uh, majority of the people are just fine with it. Yeah. And, and, you know, it makes me feel proud of the advisors having the, be able to have the mindset, number one, but number two is, you know, when you look at us and for many of you that don't know, Barnum was predominantly at that time in the Northeast and now it's national, but there is a lot of more advisors in the Northeast of this industry and some of the rural areas, there's not a lot of people for them to go to. And I think once again, due to the changes and already having a platform, but with the pandemic, now we're able to do planning anywhere. And I think that's a mind change, a game changer for clients that they have access to the best and they don't have to leave their home if they don't want to. And if they want to, they'll, they'll do that. So, you know, a couple of more things for you. So you use technology and obviously the industry was forced to embrace that, but it, it, during COVID and all the bad that happened, there was a lot of good, right? But when you think back to you and when you came in the business, there was very little technology for you yeah. to use as an FA. And today I would say most of your practice is running on technology. I mean, tell me about how you embraced it and how you use it and how it's helped you. Yeah. I mean, when you get to a certain size, if you're not leveraging technology, you're not going to be able to deliver at a high value. It's just a fact. And um, even early on, you know, if you want to do it right, you have to use the right tools. One, to, to make your life easier and two, to deliver what clients expect. So, you know, for us, uh, Salesforce has just been a, another game changer. You know, having access to data, you know, at your fingertips 
for every single client, being able to understand, evaluate things like product mix, uh, being able to leverage it to ensure that your service model is being implemented effectively, and then to track business through you know, dashboards and be able to fully understand you know, how you're, you're doing uh, from a business perspective is just critically important to, to, to our team. Um, we leverage that as advisors and our infrastructure is totally committed to using these tools. Uh, you know, you look at something like uh, Calendly, which is a tool that has really been embraced by uh, Barnum advisors. In the past, Paul, I mean, what would we do? We'd pick up the phone, whether it was us or whether it was a staff person, and try to schedule you know, client yep. meetings, uh, it could be a half a day, you know, to, to schedule 15 or 20 meetings. And, and a half a person, and a half a person. Uh, no doubt. No doubt. Then we moved to, you know, sending emails. Great. People like to respond to emails. We would email our clients. Well, now with Calendly, I can go to my staff person and say, these 30 people, I'd like to see them over the next two weeks. And she puts them in Calendly, They're, they receive a, an email, there's a link that allows them to schedule the meetings, and I just literally sit in my office to see them pop into my calendar. Yeah, so that nice. half a day exercise, you know, now uh, for, you know, good clients that are expecting that type of interaction, you know, those 30 people, you know, 25 of them probably book same day. Reviews are done and scheduled. And just think about prospecting. Yep. Same, you know, story. I go back. I teach that class. There's 40 people that want um, those meetings. I could again have a staff person, to your point, spend an extensive amount of time to get those things scheduled. But instead, that wonderful email goes out, reminding them of their interest in the meeting, a little bit about what they should expect from that meeting, and then they can schedule at their convenience through that link. So. Salesforce, Calendly, those are just two examples of tools that have really improved efficiency dramatically and uh, just work. Yeah, and, and, and just for all of you, as you're listening here, you know, you keep hearing the word scale out there and you got to scale your practice, right? Well, not only did Jim and his team do that with people. But now, and, and obviously, we don't have enough time to go deeper on the technology, but your whole business is ran around that. And, you know, that was a journey that having your clients all in one place. And if you're sitting there and you're looking at your book today and your value of your book will grow dramatically by using tools like that and having it, not only will you gain more value, but you'll have more value on when, and when you one time transition out of the book. Right. So um, make sure you take the steps to do that. hundred percent. I guess. And I just would like to add one more thing. Cause I yeah, think go it's for important it. is, you know, I mentioned those dashboards, you know, one, our primary goal is to deliver great advice and value to our clients. That that's why we get up every day Two, we're a for-profit organization. So we want to be efficient and we want to be able to generate revenue to support all the people that work here. So when you think about these dashboards uh, that have been created by the firm, it, you know, it allows us to very quickly evaluate um, 
you know, is there a position in somebody's portfolio that we want to make an adjustment on? And I can press a button and see everybody that would have those positions. Is there term insurance that somebody purchased that's going to become annually renewable in the not too distant future and could potentially be a surprise to that client when their premium jumps and they need to readdress that and um, put something else in place that's going to give them the protection and the support that they're looking for? Is there an annuity product that's coming out of surrender charge and there might be something better in the open mark- market to the for the client that we want to you know, bring to them? What are we doing here with technology? One, we're ensuring that we deliver the best possible value to the client, but it's also something that's uh, helping us uh, generate revenue and, and be profitable. Yeah, and 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 I think as you said earlier, just be super efficient with your time, right? So yeah, it's amazing. So I mean, I know earlier you talked about when I said twenty nine, you said you'd kind of chuckle, yeah. but I meant twenty nine years in the business. I'm kidding, but yeah, when it's all said and done, you know. <laughs> Last, last question for you. And, you know, the name of the show, everybody is, you know, small steps, big wins. And if you look at Jim, him, he's been just taking those along the way and he's continued to build on top of build by taking those small steps and and getting big wins. So, you know, when we think about winning, what's, what's the future for Jim Ian and, uh, and your team, like where, where's your mindset right now? And, you know, where's it going? If I bring you back in five yeah. years, where, you know, what are you going to tell me? <laughs> you know, Paul, uh, we just, we want to continue to do a great job for our existing clients. We want to meet new people that we can help and support. And we want to get better at our craft, right? I think that what's most important, I don't care if you're two years in the business or 25 years in the business, if you think you've arrived, right, and you think you know everything, uh, I would tell you that's a that's a problem. Um, this is an industry. That's why it's exciting is that it's ch- it changes very quickly. And so you have to be a... Um, a lifelong learner. So I want to keep learning. I want to keep getting better. I want to keep, uh, I want to keep growing, you know, at the same time, I'm just jazzed about seeing the development of younger advisors. Paul, I hate to say it. Like I used to be the young guy here. Now I'm one (laughs) of the old guys, right? I don't know what happened. You did that. But the way that our firm has been built and the, you know, the, there's, there's successful people at all ages, but to see, you know, all the young people having success and for me to also have some direct involvement with some of those young people, I hope in five years, I've, I've helped more of those younger advisors and have partnered with more of those younger advisors to see them develop. And Paul, I don't know. I mean, I just want to keep doing more and, and, and keep this thing going. And, you know, with that being said, you know, finding some, some balance to ensure that your business is successful, but you also stay physically and mentally healthy and strong. So you can be in this industry for a really, really long time. Cause that's another exciting part of this is that, you know, we don't want to just stop at 65. That, that yeah. isn't something that, uh, that, that is part of our plan. Well, listen, Jim, it's been amazing spending this time. It's been amazing watching your journey. And I always say that, uh, 
we're really just beginning. And, and I could say that about you and your team. I'm super proud of you. And I know the best is yet to come. Uh, keep pushing and keep taking all those little small steps. And I know you're going to continue to win big. You've already done that. And, uh, you know, I think that every person you've touched from advisor to client is better having you in their life. So thank you again. And I hope you guys uh, took a lot of notes on this show today. So uh, thanks again, Jim Ian. Yeah, appreciate your time, Paul. And thanks for having me. You got it. Thank you for listening to Small Steps, Big Wins. Please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. All opinions expressed by the program participants are solely their current opinions and do not reflect the opinions their respective parent companies or affiliates or the companies with which the program participants are affiliated. Investments or strategies mentioned in this program may not be suitable for you, and you should make your own independent decision regarding them. This material does not take into account your particular investment objectives, financial situation, or needs, and is not intended as recommendations appropriate for you. You should strongly consider seeking advice from your own investment advisor. Securities and investment advisory services offered through qualified registered representatives of MML Investor Services, LLC. Member SIPC, 6 Corporate Drive, Shelton, Connecticut, 06484, telephone number 203-513-6000.